Support for this podcast comes from CXC Corporate Services, part of CXC Global. They are the leading global advisor on contingent workforce solutions, helping companies reduce cost, mitigate risk, and improve multi-country compliance across their contingent workforces and supply chains. To find out more about how CXC Corporate Services can help you, please visit www.cxccorporateservices.com. That's www.cxccorporateservices.com. CXC, facilitating the future of work. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 54 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Predicting the future of work is not an exact science. However, one area which most people agree on is the predicted growth of freelance and contract working. This trend is already here, with a recent significant rise in the contingent workforce and the advent of the talent marketplaces which are shaping the gig economy. My guest this week is Connor Heaney, MD of CXC Corporate Services. I first met Connor a few months ago when I spoke at CXC's Future of Work Summit in Dublin. Since then, Connor has been running future of work think tanks all over the world, and he has some very important perspectives on how companies should be preparing themselves for the future of work. Hi, Connor, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Matt. May I say uh, good afternoon to you from a very sunny London. How's things up in Scotland today? Yeah, I am in Scotland today. Um, really sunny, slightly windy, um, and I've just been out on the beach. So uh, it's all, it's uh, yes, it's uh, all, all very lovely. Uh, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone, um, tell everyone what you do? Sure, Matt. And, and Matt, thank you very much for having us on the show. Uh, myself and the rest of the team at uh, CXE, we're, we're really huge fans of the podcast and of your work in general. So thanks very much. So. Um, just in relation to myself, um, my name is Connor Heaney. I'm the Managing Director of CXC Corporate Services. So we're part of the CXC Global Group of Companies. And what we do, Matt, is we provide global compliance, contingent workforce management programs. It's quite a mouthful, I know. Um, audit and advisory services to some of the world's largest companies and managed service providers. Uh, we operate in 68 countries, Matt, and Typically, we work with multiple stakeholders across account acquisition, HR, procurement, finance, and the associated uh, recruitment vendors to bring cost transparency, best practice, good governance, and risk management across the contingent worker population and associated supply chain. So really what we do in in summary is that we help those companies um, manage reputational risk deemed employment risk, tax chain liability, or financial risk in relation to their contingent workers. So uh, we, we, we've been in operation now for the last 24 years. Next year's our 25th anniversary, so we're very excited about that. Um, something that we're really passionate about as well, Matt, as you know from speaking at one of our uh, many future of work forums in, in Dublin last year, is uh, around the growth of the contingent worker and also the gig economy and really how that's creating 
both dif- difficulties and opportunities for how contingent workers are sourced, procured, onboarded, paid, engaged, and managed, and and how that creates problems actually for both the end users and, and governments as well, Matt. So. That's pretty much what we do in a nutshell. Now, you mentioned your um, your future of work um, events that you've been doing, and I know you've been doing these um, all over the world, I think. Um, uh, the, the one in Dublin last year, um, which I spoke at, I mean, it was, a, it was, it was fascinating just to hear um, the different points of view that you guys had gathered around, um, you know, the contingent workforce, the, the, the future of work and, and, and all the issues. What's, what's been most interesting for, for you, um, you know, what, what's the most interesting topic, the most interesting aspect um, of the way that work's evolving that you've, that you've learned about at those events? Great, great question, Matt. I, I think there's, there's a couple of strands to that. I think the first one is really the growth of the contingent worker. So um, as it stands, according to recent research from Arden Partners, uh, roughly 35% of today's total workforce is comprised of non-employee workers. So that can be you know, anything from temps to freelancers to statement of work contractors to the traditional IT type contractors or independent contractors that, that we would know here in the UK. Um, and, you know, what, what's equally interesting about that is that those numbers are expected to grow to 50% of the total workforce by 2020. So in four years' time, we'll be looking at a really interesting mix of the workforce in, in many different and diverse organizations. And one of the things that, that we're particularly interested in, Matt, is what are the implications for that for both the end users, the workers themselves, and also the governments in terms of you know how they can collect their taxes um, how they can get their money in and how those companies protect themselves from things like deemed employment or tax chain liabilities. The other thing, Matt, that really is of interest to us is how the, the, the gig economy or the sharing economy or the on-demand economy is um, creating almost like a new type of worker. So if you think of some of the the ways that we move around now, you know, we can order a, a driver through through the, the flick of a, an app or the scroll through of an app. And uh, those companies are investing heavily in technology, but really, interestingly, they have very few employees uh, directly with themselves. And their model is um, almost to transfer the risk to the worker themselves. So if you think about the workforce that's 20 years ago or even 30 years ago, Matt, um, many, many people had a, had a job for life. That, that concept has certainly changed with the growth of the contingent workforce. It's certainly changed with the recession that was just um, emerged out of some years ago. And it's certainly changed with uh, people's working habit and preference for a more flexible way of working. But to go back to the companies in the sharing economy, you know, they don't have really any capital expenditure. You know, for example, in the driver analogy, they, those companies don't tend to invest or buy cars for the drivers to operate. They don't have any pension liabilities. They don't have any um, holidays to pay. They don't ha- typically have any variable or bonus payments or car allowances or um, health care, etc. So um, that has seen an unprecedented shift in our view. To the worker, and typically the worker now is responsible for their own tax affairs. In that case, um, they're responsible for the maintenance of the vehicle. They're responsible for their own healthcare, 
and that puts a, a tremendous burden on on those particular workers that we haven't seen. I don't think for over maybe a hundred years or more since since the Victorian times. And you know, many of the advocates um, of the gig economy, and uh, you know, we're we we are advocates of it uh, as well ourselves, Matt. But we we, we want there to be certain protections. Uh, for those workers and also for the companies that are, are, are engaging the, those particular workers as well. So um, it's something that we are seeing a huge amount of interest in through the future work um, forums. And our, and our next one is due to take place in London um, in September. Matt. So just to go back to, um, you, you mentioned governments in, 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 in all of this. Now, um, my, you know, my impression is that a lot of um uh, governments in, in in many countries have been caught have, have kind of really been sort of caught out by um, by this shift, and I know that the the UK government in particular um, hasn't really um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but hasn't been very pleasant to self employed um, uh, contractors in the last in the last couple of couple of couple of years. Um, do you think governments understand this enough? Do you think they're doing enough to 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 protect to protect workers, or are they still playing a massive game of catch up in this um, in, in this kind of big um, workforce shift? Uh, absolutely not. I, I don't think governments are doing anything like enough. To, to look into this area and protect those type of workers. Um, Matt, even if you think about, you know, for a self-employed worker, whether they're, you know, a, a driver or a delivery driver or, you know, self-employed uh, freelancers like uh, yourself, Matt, or, or, or others, um, if you look at the tax system, you know, the tax system works roughly a year behind. So if you're a delivery driver and, you know you're being paid weekly, and that money's going into your into your pocket. Um, you know you don't have that level of sophistication. You may not even have an accountant or a tax advisor, probably not. And um, that that money's gone into your your hand, and it's basically gone out again in terms of you having to live and pay your mortgage or your rent or whatever that is. And you know when it comes to the the next tax year, when you have to file your returns and actually pay the tax man. Uh, the, the, the exchequer is, is suffering uh, terribly as, as a result of that. And, you know, it's not our job, uh, I suppose, to be the tax collector or from it, but certainly the, the tax framework has not, has not caught up with the, the gig economy, far from it. Um, and I think it's a really interesting uh, topic and you, you, you tend to see sort of very black and white opinion on it. So, you know, either it becomes all about, um, you know, either it's all about um, the, the, the workers' rights and the uh, and risks and, and companies are, are kind of exploiting them. But on the flip side, there's obviously a tremendous freedom for, uh, you know, for people to work, uh, you know, to work globally, to, um, you know, to, to sell their, their talents to, to sort of various organizations and i think that um you know there's obviously a tremendous positive uh, positive piece to it as well how do you find um you know sort of more traditional companies re- reacting to this are they are they growing their contingent workforces are they um are they doing well in terms of um dealing with a different makeup of their um you know dealing with this different makeup of their workforce yes um certainly not we you know if you look at your traditional bank or telco organization um, their their contractor workforces are, are growing and they're they're growing considerably, and th- there's probably f- five reasons for that. In in our view, the, the first is that you know there's less onerous burdens. You know they don't have to pay the pensions, the holidays, taxation, 
uh, you know, they're not liable for redundancy claims. There's no bonus requirements. And the workers, as you rightly point out, Matt, uh, want more flexibility. Um, and also the, the end user or employees do, you know, typically work these days is, is very much project-based. But also um, the, the recession has, um, the, the previous recession has definitely led to a climate of economic uncertainty and, and cost reduction where large and small companies want to reduce their fixed cost base. And typically that means they've, they've reduced their, their permanent employee headcount, but uh, increased their contingent or contractor workforce um, on the flip side. Um, the, fourth, the fourth element of that really is, is uh, the growth of this kind of contingent workforce is around technology, as we mentioned, the app for the gig economy. And the fifth thing, which is often being discussed by organizations like the RNC, Matt, is around the war, war for talent. You know, workers um, typically can earn more as contractors. They can go to market in a much more speedy fashion. Um, but to answer your question in relation to have organizations caught up with that, um, I think it would be fair to categorize organizations maybe in, <laughs> in three ways, Matt, and this might sound controversial, but I think it, they could be summarized as uh, don't know, uh, don't care, um, and do care, and some organisations don't know really what lies beneath uh, when they're engaging their contingent workers, either directly or through um, maybe a traditional agency supply chain. They're not aware of some of the risks that they can really be um, liable for, particularly around tax chain liability or deemed employment risk, um, particularly in some of the countries like Germany, and um, and some, so they're just not aware of that. And then the, the next category might be don't care, and I, I don't think that's a, a deliberate don't care, but it's often because they've entrusted the sourcing, engagement, and management to of contractors to third parties, and in their view, that's all well and good, and everything's um, above, um, sorry, everything's in order, and um, you know all the right compliance checks have been done, and and. Quite often that is the case, but sometimes there, there is considerable risk there, uh, nonetheless. And um, in terms of Ducar, a lot of the companies that we work with, you know, are global enterprises, Matt, where they've got, you know, a large contingent workforce in many different countries with many diverse and onerous regulations when it comes to the engagement and management and, and payment of contingent workers and contractor workers and they're very keen to have I suppose a clean set of heels and, and be as compliant as possible with the, the you know the, the workers themselves, you know, so they don't have any, you know, deemed employment issues and also with the tax authorities. So, you know, in some of the European countries that the, the tax authorities will actually come and they'll they'll come to your premises. Uh, so there's been cases in the past in the Netherlands where large telecoms uh, companies and system integrators have, have had their offices raided because they've incorrectly engaged freelance workers. So, so some some companies, Matt, are certainly ahead of the curve in, in terms of getting their the, the, the right type of supply arrangements, the right type of procurement arrangements, and ensuring that their contingent workforce is compliant, uh, compliant um, across the board. But, but there, there's quite a few organizations that still have this decentralized approach to the procurement management and uh, payment of contingent labor. And they're sitting on, I suppose, a, a ton of risks in our view. 
the thing that I spoke about when um, when we met in Dublin for the Future of Work summit that you that, that you had was um, it was was kind of all about um, how companies actually attract the best people um, as as contractors and um, you know the notion of an employee brand or employer brand um, you know being perhaps becoming somewhat out of date in this sort of shift to um, a more contingent workforce and in my view I haven't seen a huge amount of companies really kind of get to grips with how they make themselves an attractive place to be a contractor at which uh, which which could very much be the future um are you seeing that um discussion being had amongst employers do you think that they do need to behave in a different way to attract um uh, you know the best sort of contract talent to their business or, or or can they just sort of carry on in the in the way that they always that they already that they always have i think that some of the companies are certainly gearing up their employer branding to attract contractors, but typically through maybe their MSP provider that might be managing their contingent workforce, you know, in terms of sourcing it and also engaging and, 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 and paying, 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 paying those contingent workers. And they've got some quite sophisticated freelance management systems now that can attract and build up those talent pools of contingent workers. Um, and I think that's working for, for some companies for sure. But I think <laughs> for many of, of the other companies out there, um, I don't think they would consider um, the, the, the branding side of it or the, the talent attraction. I, I don't think they've invested the resources in, 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 attracting, in attracting contingent workers. And I definitely think there's some some work to be done there. So you also mentioned technology as a as a major driver of this. What what's the most interesting um, sort of technology innovation that you've that that, that you've seen um, you know in the in the last couple of years or so? Oh, I I think for me it's been it's been the growth of what I would call on demand sourcing platforms or tools. Um, so. I'm thinking of one in the UK, which would be Elevator, Elevate Direct, or Hard.com, and um, in the United States. And um, I, I, I know it often comes up as a question on your on your show, Matt. Will algorithms effectively replace recruiters? And um, I, I, I always pity the people that have to answer that question because it, it's such a difficult one to address and answer. But um, I, I think the growth of the, the on-demand freelance management platforms is, is fascinating because in some cases there, there is actually an algorithm replacing what I would call the, the sell side of recruitment, which would be uh, some of the, the, the agency type recruitment. Um, but even with the growth of these platforms, Matt, it still doesn't remove the need for someone to screen, interview and set um, those particular contingent workers or, or workers that are coming through those platforms, that, that human element, I don't think can um, and, and, and should be replaced. Um, and and um, equally, in, in relation to technology, I think I think technology is getting a bit of a bad name in, in the recruitment world for, for, some, for many different reasons um, at the moment, Matt. And I, I started my career in staffing and recruitment uh, 10 years ago. I'm a, I, I, well, I have a, like most people on your show, I've had a very varied career uh, path. But t- ten years ago, when I was starting in recruitment, um, 
and staffing, you know, the greatest innovation was, you know, a functioning CRM system. And that was a real enabler for staffing companies to acquire and attract the talent that they needed to provide to their end customers. And, you know, even thinking back to my time then, you know, I worked with some older gents that, you know, were telling me about the fax machine and what a what an enabler and innovator that was for when they were in the recruitment and staffing world in the 1980s. It, it meant that they didn't have to type CVs and, you know, deliver them by hand. So, you know, even if you look at LinkedIn as well, I mean, that, that's been a huge boon and huge bonus for recruiters and staffing uh, companies. And what I would what I would be a proponent of is that recruiters and MSPs should should adopt and embrace technology wherever possible and use that technology to embed themselves in their clients and, and sort of lock out the competition if at all possible. Th- thank you very much for asking yourself the, <laughs> the recruiter algorithm <laughs> question there. That's, uh, that's brilliant, and um, I, you know, and I think that's a great. I think that's a great. I think that's a great answer as well. The um, you know the combination of technology as an enabler and um, uh, you know the, the humans, um, um, you know, screening humans basically. Um, uh, final, final, final question. Um, where, where, what does the future look like? So, um, if we're already at kind of you know whatever it was you said, thirty five percent. Um, you know, contingent workforce. What what happens in the future? What does what does what does work look like in a, in a, in a few years' time? Oh, well, I mean, uh, I, I think God, it's a really difficult thing. I think to predict the future, but I, I think what one thing for sure is that the that the demand and the growth for contingent workers is, is certainly going to increase. Um, probably the, the main reason for that is um, that, that, that the cost burden is is so much less onerous for the end user. Um, and you know, if, if <laughs> one of the most common uh, two words I hear all the time are cost transformation and cost transparency. When when I'm speaking with with you know large and medium sized customers, and you know, I, I think that's going to be something that those com- companies are going to be interested in moving forward. And uh, you know they can achieve that cost transformation and cost trans- cost transparency by continuing to engage and, and grow the contingent work- workforce. Um, in terms of the future of work, uh, I mean, I-, I think people should definitely be concerned with automation. I know there's there's two schools of thought there, really, the utopian and the dystopian. Uh, that you know technology will will free ourselves and enable you know people to do less work and enjoy life more. And then there's the dystopian view that you know. <laughs> the robots will take over and we won't be able to do anything. Um, but to go back to my earlier point, I think technology is definitely to be embraced. It's definitely enabling the future of work. And I, I think it's definitely contributing to the, the growth of the contingent worker and the freelancer. Connor, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. My thanks to Connor Heaney. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can also find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.